Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. My talk will be about how to use this time, now that you have more time, how to make better decisions and talk about the topic that's very close to my heart, about data analysis and how to use it for better product decision making. For those who are not familiar with Mixpanel, uh, Mixpanel, the company that I currently work for, is a user analytics and user engagement platform that help companies understand how customers retain, convert, and engage, and do so in real time and across all platforms. Uh, just before we start, I want to get a tally of the room. How many of you have already been using data analytics platform? Please raise your hands. Okay, so we have about half of the room. Please keep your hands raised if this platform also supports like event-based tracking and user analytics. Great. So you guys probably know a little bit about it, but let me tell you a little bit more. So we'll talk about three topics today. I'll tell you a little bit more about data analytics. If you're not using it, you can then decide, is this something that's interesting for you? Is this something that's worth your time? I'll show you a very quick framework how potentially you can adopt data analytics in your company. And then what I really like to focus on is actually share with you best practices and case studies. Many times we talk to customers and ask us, hey, you're a user analytics company. How do you use data analytics at your own company? And we'll give you a couple of examples like that. Cool. So a uh, quick question. When you guys uh, think of success, we usually think of it as like a straight line. But unfortunately, this is rarely the case. Success is complex, it's convoluted, it never comes easy. How many of you use intuition to make decisions about your product? Okay, so we have about half or more percent of the room. So the intuition is key. We as product managers, we never have the full information. We always have to make a judgment call based on the data that we're getting. But sometimes this might not be enough. We all heard of these companies, blockbusters, they went bust. I came to the States in 2005, it was a little bit later, but still in time for me to be charged late fees by Blockbuster. <laughs> when Reed Hastings came to pitch Netflix to Blockbuster and told them, hey guys, buy us, internet is the next big thing, they laughed him out of the room. They didn't spot that trend fast enough. How many of you heard about Anomo? Okay, pretty much nobody. I'm not surprised. Anomo had a great idea, a social network for introverts. Unfortunately, they lacked virality. Introverts, they want to share things with <laughs> people they didn't know, and they felt a little bit uneasy. Probably everybody's familiar with Juicero. It's a really interesting case of a company that raised more than $100 million. They came out with a product, which was a juicer, just like you have an espresso for homemade coffee, you would use Juicero to make your own juice. It cost $700, later $400, it was over-engineered, it had Wi-Fi, it could read your QR code, tell you when the juice expired. One thing it didn't do really well was actually pressing juice. When users realized you could just like uh, press the pouch and they could make the juice themselves, suddenly you didn't need $400 for this machine. And lastly, uh, some of you have tried the Google Glasses. I personally work at Google, so I tried it out. 
it sounds really cool, but unfortunately, it didn't help us to see the future. And it didn't land as well. It's still being used, but there were higher expectations. So what do these stories have in common? What do they share? As we could see, sometimes these product leaders didn't have the right information. They didn't get to them in time. They didn't get the product usage metrics. And that's going to be talk uh, that we're going to be talking about. It's how you can combine your intuition, your sense for the right decision, but also use data analytics like a sonar to guide your ship, to guide your product through the rough waters, and understand what are the known unknowns, and also very quickly discover the unknown unknowns, which are going to pop up as you're going to build and develop your market. So let's talk about how to be successful. And as you can see, whenever you steer away from your customers, the data analytics can help you steer you back. So the topic of today's discussion is going to be about how to use data analytics. It's a very complicated problem, but I'm going to give you just a simple example so you can understand it if you haven't uh, dabbled in this. And then we'll talk about uh, case studies. So one of my favorite framework for understanding data analytics is called Innovation Loop. It has just five steps. So basically what you need to do is first start and make sure you correct, uh, collect accurate data. So you want to make sure you track event-based metrics and on user level, so you can actually understand all the behaviors in your product on mobile phones, desktop, or even on the server side. Then you want to track these metrics over time. You want to identify trends, understand what's the baseline, how they're changing in time. Then step three, we want to understand why. Why is my conversion rate going down? Why are my users retaining? What's happening? Then you'll use this information to set goals and form hypotheses. And based on this, you'll discover insights and engage users through messaging, A-B testing, or product optimization. So let's look at a simple example to help you understand how this works. So let's assume you're a PM at a retail shop. Your boss comes to you and says, hey, we have a great shop. Everything's working well. I want more sales. I want to increase sales velocity. I want higher conversion rate. Great. So you start using like data analytics, maybe Mixpanel, maybe some other platform, and you start to track purchases. Unfortunately, the week after the old PM has left and you're new at your job, your curve takes uh, deep down. It's going down, and you're trying to understand what has happened. In the old day, you would run to your support, you would run to your developers, try to figure out what has happened, what went wrong, try to set up customer calls. Maybe this takes you two weeks, three weeks. It's a time you don't have. So what you want to do, anytime you track a goal, you want to set up a funnel. It's a basic analysis in a data analytics world. So basically, here, we're looking at a three-step funnel at users who went to the home page, product page, and then went to purchase event. So we can see there's about 85% conversion between home page to product page, and about 52% conversion between product page and purchase. So overall, your product is doing really well. We have about 43% conversion rate. But we know we have a problem, so we need to slice and dice the data. So we want to identify the trends and find different segments that could potentially help you understand what's happening. Why is my conversion rate going down? So let's say I spend some time, and I find actually two segments that are very interesting. So in the light blue, I can see the new users. And in the light green, I can see returning users. So as we can see, there's about 60,000 new users and about 50,000 returning users. And they behave slightly differently. On the product page, they have generally similar behavior. But on the purchase event, actually, more than 70% of uh, returning users are purchasing, but only about 30% of the new users are purchasing. So then you ask why. Why is this happening? So your next step 
is to actually build a cohort. Think of a cohort as a group of users who do certain behavior. So we're gonna click on that last step on the light blue area and create a cohort of users who went to homepage, product page, but did not purchase. So if a group of about 30,000 users from about 45,000 users on product page who actually did not purchase, and we want to understand why. So the next step is you actually want to combine quantitative and qualitative metrics. So we'll look into this cohort and try to discover what are these users, try to form certain hypotheses. And what we find, there's a user, Katie, who came to our site a couple times and she tried to purchase unsuccessfully. So I'm gonna jump on a quick call with Katie. I have her email address. I say, hey, Katie, I know we're looking to buy something on our website. Here's a 20% uh, coupon off. If you have 15 minutes to talk to me, let's chat. So we talked to Katie and what we realized is she went to the website, she went to the product page, and she wanted to check out through the new Express checkout experience, but it actually didn't work, and she went out. So basically now I form my hypothesis. There's probably some problem around the Express checkout page, and I want to understand and investigate why. My goal for this metric is to make sure that the new users would behave similarly as the returning users, and therefore I would increase my conversion rate. So I wanna confirm this hypothesis. So I'm gonna go into a flows. It's a tool that helps you understand the product, uh, the user roadmap as they navigate your tool. So here we can see a four step flow with a homepage, product page, top source page as a second step and third step, check with account or express cash checkout and finally purchase or drop off. And what we did, we split the homepage into those two cohorts that we just discussed earlier, the returning users and users. And as we can see, pretty much the, in the past seven days, returning users and users are about the same size, but once we log on a purchase, it's mostly only returning users who are purchasing. So I wanna zoom onto the new users, and I'm gonna click into the flow of the new users, and what I can see, most of them go through homepage, top sellers, and then express checkout. But I don't see that many users going from there to purchase, so I actually discovered the inside, what's broken with my uh, site. I go to talk to other product manager who actually launched his new iPhone check-out experience, and we discover on the last step when you're providing your shipping details that uh, page fails on the newest model. So we go in and we fix it, and suddenly the conversion rate goes from 30%, maybe somewhere to 50%, 55%, and suddenly my conversion rate overall went from about 43% to 50%, which is success. But we still have a group of about 30,000 users who came onto my site. These new users, they were excited to buy, but they had a really bad experience because they couldn't uh, enter those shipping details. So what I can do with a really good user analytics platform is actually take that group and send them a message. I can send them a coupon saying, hey, uh, we know things didn't go well. Here's a 20% coupon. Feel free to finish up this purchase. And suddenly you can turn this uh, 30,000 unhappy customers, maybe to 10,000 customers who finish your purchase. And that's it. Data analytics doesn't have to be complicated. The process that could take you a month now can take you a couple of days. So the piece that I really like to spend more time is actually telling more about how to apply them in practice. And I'd like to share with you some of my own experiences working as a product manager, tell you about the things that work and also the things that didn't work. So how many of you had sometimes a challenge reaching product market fit? Okay, so we have about 10% uh, of the audience. So basically, this is usually a challenge when you're launching a new product or you're trying to find a new audience for your product. Um, about six months ago, we decided to do a little bit of reshuffling in the mixed panel team, 
And I was assigned this new AI cool product. We actually spent a lot of company resources. We were really excited about the AI. We started this alpha, and I was there just to pick it up. Our expectations were 100 users. People were super satisfied. But here, there are actually metrics of like the dashboard, how it looked after two months of this alpha. It felt to me like a Western movies from the 70s, where there's like a tumbleweed flying down the street, and there's nothing happening. <laughs> I didn't feel very confident at that point of time, so I wanted to figure out how to solve this. And I didn't have only problem with the usage. I have also a problem with retention. So how did we solve this? I'm going to ask a little bit out of context question, but please bear with me. How many of you like vacuum cleaning? OK, so I see a couple hands. Congratulations to your spouses. They made the right decision. For the rest of us, it's something we probably don't enjoy, but we have to do. Otherwise, our apartment stopped looking good. And similarly, when we think of AI, it's, we're still a bit uneasy about like, giving AI the option to decide for us, but there are certain things we don't like to do that we love to delegate. And similarly, how you do vacuum cleaning in your apartment, doing actually slicing and dicing data can be really extensive, can take you five hours, can get boring, and sometimes you don't get an insight. So basically, we did a validation with the customer calls and validated that similarly, people are really excited about actually delegating this part to an AI algorithm. So what we did as a next step, I set up a four-step funnel, just like I showed you before. It was a view the funnels page, then click to run this analysis, uh, receive an email, and from there actually interact with the report and take some form of action. And what we have discovered, actually 99% of our customers didn't even realize that this option exists. It took about three clicks to find and another two clicks to set up. So we changed that UI, and we put actually a button straight into the segmentation workflow. So in the moment when you're frustrated, when you already spent like half an hour analyzing things, you'll just find this button and tells you, hey, let me help you out. And with this, we started to get more traction for this product, but we still had very little retention. And what we discovered, more than 40% of our audience was actually using mobile phones to read the emails, and the copy wasn't optimized for phones at all. Basically, it was like four page long. You could to scroll horizontally. So we started to optimize that, and suddenly we started to see more usage, a little bit more attention. And then as we talked to more customers, we actually discovered users are not really looking to segment the data. That just a means to the end. The real end is actually understanding why is my conversion rate down. Similarly, how I showed you an example, you want to know why is my conversion rate down, so the boss gives you freedom, and you can focus on the most interesting things. So one of the things that we actually implemented was this AI algorithm that's going to scan all of your funnel segments and tell you which of those correlate the highest with the conversion rate change. And it was extremely powerful because it actually answered the question that the customers care about. Uh, this is the adoption curve. So we actually were able to grow our usage by 300 times. And what I felt really excited about, the retention rate started to pick up, and we moved from about 2% to 15%. The product is still in beta, so we're still innovating on that, but I'm already excited about the change that happened. So the second case study is going to be about product launch. How many of you have launched a product? Okay, so we got uh, pretty much everybody in the room. This is also tricky. So basically, when I started with Mixpanel, uh, we had one of the top gap. It was called uh, User Flows. It's a report that I showed you earlier in the new version that helps you understand how users go through your product. 
We provided this early back in the days, and now the market started to go a different direction. Customers were expecting a different type of visualization. So we saw this as like a top gap. We had limited resources, and the last time we tried to build a new report, it took us about a year, and we didn't have that time. So how did we solve this? We started to prioritize rigorously with analytics. So basically, we have really good process whenever there's a gap or a customer requests something, a salesperson or a CSM would go into a system and log a gap, we would know the MRR value. So we'd actually analyze all this information, find out which are the top three to five gaps, and we decided to focus on that. Second, as I mentioned, we didn't have a time, so we decided to build a very nimble team, just five people, two front engineers, one backend engineer, designer, and a PM. We knew we couldn't do much, but we wanted to make sure the few things that we do, we do really right, so we put a clear stake in the ground. There were things we don't want to make compromises on. One of them was ease of use. We wanted to make sure the interface is super easy to use. We wanted to make sure that we put a user in the driver's seat that they can explore as much as they want, and also make sure that it's something beautiful to look at, so when you look at it, you're not going to feel frustrated. We gave value to customers right out of the gate. So one month since uh, building this, we actually built MVP. And from then on, we always talk to customers to understand what worked, what doesn't. And then we decided to go beyond the status quo. And we actually introduced two new features, which is unlimited uh, exploration, where you can go unlimited steps. And also that cohort comparison, where you can split this by uh, devices or by cohorts, and it helps you understand how users behave. So, what actually worked, uh, we turned a top reason why customers were a little bit uneasy about Mixpanel to top reason why uh, they look at Mixpanel and they buy it. It's also one of the top use reports, and what we saw in the market, other players tried to copy it uh, unsuccessfully. So let's talk about the last case study, which is redesign. Redesign is one of those things that everybody is excited about. How many of you have tried to redesign some parts or like major part of your website? Okay, so we see about 30, 40% of hands in the room. It sounds really exciting. People are like, yes, I'm going to get a new design. It's going to look good. But in reality, it's actually one of the toughest challenges for a product manager because your product works. But the old users, they have habits. They've used your report in a certain way. And if you're going to break that, you're going to create a lot of moments of frustration. So we had this product called Funnels. It's been there for about 10 years. It was actually built as a two-page report, so you would see the funnel, analyze it, and then go to the report builder where you have to change everything, which means that you lose uh, focus, you forget what's going on, and whenever you open up your colleague's funnel, you make changes, it saves automatically, and you override your uh, colleague's funnel. So it's like very frustrating moment and uh, really hard to solve. So how can you use uh, data analytics to help you with migration. So the key here is actually we set up a tracking for every little control, every little button like segmentation, per step filter, and so on, more than 25 uh, steps. And basically, we set up a benchmark of the current UI and the new UI. And we're tracking for the adoption, frequency of use, ease of discoverability. And from this, what we could actually understand is not only the new users have a better experience, but also the old users are able to find and interact with those controls. We did more than 20 plus uh, user discovery calls, and I went with them and tried to see what are the top flows and where they get stuck. And it's much better to do this in a one-on-one -on -one settings where you can help and guide the customer, because if you don't do this upfront, then the customer is gonna run into those friction points and go to Twitter or send an email to your CEO. And we also use this information to uh, walk to onboarding and pretty much like, guide you 
through the top friction points as you uh, run this. We also did a stage rollout, starting with 10%, 20%, 50%, 200%. So with this, we could actually handhold the customers if there were any issues. So we went from UI that looks like this into more like a interactive UI. And the best part of it, there was zero churn customer, no Twitter store, and consistent growth of users. So we were really excited. So in summary, what I'd like to leave you with, uh, data analytics can be your friend. It can help you understand the known unknowns and also help you discover the unknown unknowns. There's a really easy way how to implement it. Basically, you want to start with collecting accurate data. You want to make sure you do it at an event level, you do it in real time. You want to track them uh, across time so you understand the baseline, how the data behaves. You want to then segment, slice the data manually or use an AI algorithm to help you then set goals to create hypotheses, and then use uh, your data analytics platform to actually send messages to users, run A-B tests, and with that, you'll actually create a very positive loop. Because basically, the more data you collect, the more users you get, and again, you have more data, more users, and you can start to increase the rate of innovation in your company, move much faster, and actually outcompete your competition. So thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.